Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paula. How are you this morning? Doing great. All Doing right. Great. All right. Uh, Lots of stuff. Checking up on things to follow, see the, how the world's going. You know, Lots. a lot of people are predicting World War Three. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, coming. Uh -huh. I'm developing in my mind, at least, World War Three is coming. But in my mind, and suggestions that I'm milling it over, it's going to be different. It's not going to be, you know, everybody, when they think of World War III, they think of World War I and World War II, and it'll be that. And then if you look at Ukraine, it looks like they're trying the old-fashioned World War III. But we'll see what's going to happen there, and uh, there's talk of that. But uh, I've decided that we have to emphasize more about the war going on within our borders or at our borders, and that seems to be where we are neglectful. But uh, last night, uh, Tucker had a great program. He yeah. has access to information, the tapes of uh, January 6th, which uh, is pretty darn important. Uh, and I thought, I thought his program was very well done and exposed. I would think this would be uh, something that everybody should be mulling over and helping them to sort out the truth from fiction. And that's always the trouble is, uh, you know, we hear so many different stories and we've been lied to so much, especially yeah. after, you, you know, COVID episodes, but also naturally uh, getting us into war. Uh, every night I have to listen to no wars about how we got involved, uh, uh, you know, defending Ukraine against the Russian invasion. Asia, yeah. you know, in Ukraine, and uh, our position is slightly diff different than that. But uh, Tucker had some real exposure of what happened, and we have expressed ourselves quite a few times about the criminality of what they have done to those people that were in uh, in the Capitol. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, when it's presented, they were monsters. They were starting World War Three right here. It was, uh, you know, taking over the country. And, uh, and a lot of people believe that. And guess what? The Democrats defended themselves quite well. They took, uh, you know, a little bit of filming they did, uh, what, thousands and thousands of hours. They picked about five minutes up and say, see, see, yeah. see what they were doing. And uh, but the one beef I've always had with this, why I thought it was a total corrupt uh, uh, process, is uh, then they take a, f a few of these people to court. Uh, most of them, I guess, didn't get into court. Uh, they didn't get into court, but the defense never had access to the information yeah. they were being charged with. So it was it was a kangaroo court. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, that's been going around, but all they have to do is suggest it, and then they uh, uh, they disavow you because you're just not, nothing more than a Trump person, yeah. and you're lying because you were uh, trying to change the election. Mm -hmm. You know, not, not just count the votes. You wanted to change the vote, and by violence, where they were going to throw it by not, which is a little bit of a stretch of the imagination. But I think it's great stuff because it's reaching out. People uh, have difficult time giving up false beliefs. Just think how difficult it's been for some people to give up the false beliefs because the government told us what to worry about on, yeah. on the COVID. Yeah, wear a mask. So, <laughs> so like, like this, uh, there's been so much evidence to show that uh, Trump was behind an insurrection and caused a lot of violence and a lot of killing and that's why if you talk about Trump uh, you're a traitor you know and committing uh, uh, treason to our government and uh, there's a lot of people who still believe that 
this is going to be helpful. Yeah. This is going to be very helpful to get some truth out, and they haven't finished looking at that tape. Yeah, there's plenty of it. And, you know, Kevin McCarthy, incoming Speaker of the House, uh, to his credit, he released 40,000 hours to Tucker Carlson exclusively. They spent two weeks poring over this, uh, this information, this, this videotapes. Uh, and they put together, they said, and Tucker said before his, uh, during his monologue, most of it's kind of just, you know, not important, but the juicy stuff, uh, they, they finally presented after two weeks. Um, he had Massey on, by the way, who said, release it all to everyone, which I think is a good thing because you can also say, well, why are you only releasing it to Carlson? But I think that that's down the road, I think, further. He did a great report. And as you suggest, you know, the, the purpose of the propaganda that went around this whole January 6th incident was to cause to sow confusion. And that's what they claim that, you know, the Russians involved in our elections is to sow confusion. No, their propaganda was to sow confusion and people would question what they saw with their own eyes. Because when you watch Trump's speech, he said you should go peacefully and patriotically to, to uh, the Capitol and make your voices known. And they said, well, he was inciting an insurrection by saying that. And you could hear it and say, well, that doesn't sound like it, but I guess they're the experts, so who am I to say? Well, now we know that that's not at all what happened. Let's put on the first clip because this is also available right now. The most important 10 minutes is available on Twitter if you go to Chuck Tucker Carlson's. We're not going to play any of the video. It's there. But he poured over it, and what he found is a shock, shock, shock. Everything that the January 6th committee said, everything that the Democrats and the Uniparty, as he called it, with very accurately, the Uniparty in D.C., everything they said about what happened on January 6th is a lie, Dr. Paul. He conceded, as we have done, that there were some rabble-rousers, there are some riffraff in the crowd. How many of them are feds, we don't know, and they won't tell us, but people did break things. They should be punished for breaking things, but by and large, when you looked at the video shown, if you put on this next clip, this is the kind of scene you saw inside the Capitol building. You saw people milling around, uh, and I've been in this room dozens and dozens of times, uh, very peacefully, not breaking anything. Uh, do the next one. You saw Jacob Chansley, the poster boy for the insurrection. They called him the QAnon shaman. Uh, turns out he's a Navy vet, and I didn't realize that. Here he is walking peacefully through the Senate with no less than six <coughs> or seven police officers. Nobody stopped him. And in fact, Dr. Paul Tucker showed video of him being accompanied by Capitol Hill police officers. If you put this next one on, this is from the Epic Times, and they got it right. They actually were basically serving as tour guides for him. They were opening doors and showing him into rooms. They had every opportunity, two or three well-armed Capitol Hill police officers, to arrest him on the spot if he really was sowing an insurrection. Obviously, the Capitol Hill police officers inside had better judgment. They did nothing to him, and in fact, they helped him uh, even get into the Senate chamber where Tucker showed him <laughs> the, 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 uh, Chainsley saying some kind of a prayer, praising the Capitol Hill police for being kind, for letting people in, <laughs> for treating people respectfully, uh, and it was amazing. So the takeaway of this, regardless of what the naysayers will say, is that the whole thing was cooked up. It was a lie. As Trump, as uh, Tucker Carlson said it was a lie to try to prevent Trump from running again for president. Well, uh, even though Tucker really hit hard last night, 
this morning more people know about it but we still have a long way to go because yeah. it was just breaking through i remember uh as the truth was coming out matter of fact the truth was available on covid from the very beginning yeah. and they had doctors uh, organizing to try to uh prevent all the tragedy of covid and uh this this way th this episode now has opened up the doors and it it uh, even though to me it's explosive yeah uh, it's not going to happen the shift away from uh, beliefs uh, by the opposition by by the, the the democrats for political reasons and and hate themselves that that is not going to change immediately but i, th I think I, I think as time goes on uh, more and more people will realize that they'll have to be challenged but you know what would have really helped on this what if we would have had some honest journalists yeah. all along, yeah. from the very beginning? You know, of course that uh, we have a few, but they can't cover all this. You know, so that's a shame. Yeah. But you know, uh, Carlson made the point about how everything was a lie. You know, yeah. it was it was all all lied to the people and what was involved. And I keep uh, harping back on, uh, <clears throat> I think what's happening to our society is uh, <clears throat> people have lied forever. They talked about you shouldn't lie and for centuries. They knew that was wrong to do. But, but philosophically, there is a position where it says outright lie, that lying isn't all that bad. Yeah. You know, and they call it nihilism. And because, and, and they philosophize by saying, well, you, you can't, you can't, you can't decide what is right or wrong. It's too difficult. So it's impossible to know the truth. So therefore lying is, is permissible. And it's just the best, best liar who, who gets the rewards. And uh, this, uh, <coughs> uh, it, 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 what it does though, is the people who participate in the lying, since there's no other competition with right and wrong, uh, there's no guilt. You, you know, they do this, and they, they, you know these people that we see, the people in Washington. I think it's so much different than 20 years ago. I think they knew more what they were doing. They probably still know it, but uh, right now there's there's a little bit of shame when they get caught. But other times, you know, you know, it's been acceptable, and I think that's what we're up against. So right now, I think uh, the people who believe that lying isn't too bad, but every once in a while they have to take a stand against lying so we're going to take care of that member of Congress who fudged his resume yeah. so yeah. He, he's caused all the trouble yeah. Yeah. well you mentioned earlier on this is a shame that there weren't any good journalists covering this or very few someone really deserves mention is someone we've had on this program we've tried to get her to speak at our conferences and unfortunately she's been busy so far but that's Julie Kelly and you remember yeah, Julie boy. Julie was dogged on this when it was extremely unpopular she stood up for justice she withstood all the slings and arrows that are due to journalists who actually do their jobs. And really, America owes her a great debt of gratitude. I really must say that. I admire her immensely. But I think the main takeaway from what Tucker did last night was that the January 6th committee and those people in power, not just in Congress, but in power, aligned with them, they purposely kept exculpatory information out of the hands of the American people. They purposely kept us from seeing information that ran counter to their narrative, which is that Trump was defeated fair and square and decided to steal the election anyway. Now, if they lied about that part, 
it also makes you wonder about the lying about whether he won fair and square because we all saw a lot of very weird things happening on election night. So that should be the next thing that's questioned even more and should be openly questioned because as you always say, it should be able to withstand scrutiny. <laughs> yeah. But um, I wanna do a couple of other things, just a couple of clips here based on it because there are so many things in this, but here's one that came up. The New York Post put this up. The footage shows Capitol Hill cop Brian Sicknick uninjured on January 6th because remember the whole thing is they killed a Capitol Hill police officer with a fire extinguisher. Those brutal thugs. Well, there's footage of him walking around after he was quote unquote dead. Uh, so there's another lie that's exposed. And this did not go unnoticed by, I have to say, someone who really is emerging as a champion of truth. Um, and that is, and, and I know you've been a reluctant admirer of him, and I think rightly so, but that's Elon Musk. And Elon Musk obviously watched the show last night. Elon Musk torches House January 6th committee for, quote, misleading the public, withholding evidence. Deeply wrong. And here's the tweet that he's talking about. Um, and this is great price. I think he's a, he's a conservative activist. He said the January 6th committee lied about how Sicknick died, lied about Barry Loudermilk taking rioters on a reconnaissance mission, lied about Josh Hawley running away, lied about Ray Epps being a credible witness. And Elon Musk responded to this tweet saying, besides misleading the public, they withheld evidence for partisan political reasons that sent people to prison for more, far more serious crimes than they committed. This is deeply wrong legally and morally. Absolutely. And specifically, you know, uh, Chales, uh, Ch uh, Chancellor. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was sent to prison for 41 months. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a big hunk of uh, time. And it's in federal prison, which uh, raises more questions. But he, he's the declaration of victory for lying. You know, oh, yes, but, uh, you know, he did this and we put him away and we had a victory we convicted him yeah. and we put him in jail and the courts work the system is working for it and uh and, and yet you wonder they wouldn't listen to him they wouldn't give him proper defense and show the pictures but now what are they going to do about it? It, it, it there there have been times when new informa information comes up that a decent judge would say hey you know there, there must be a technical legal way of getting around this but my guess is that they're not going to talk about releasing him even though no matter how much proof we had that he didn't do anything yeah. you know that, that's that is to me very sad <laughs> so we don't we don't have a very good judicial system defending the people who believe that it's proper to tell lies at will and you're rewarded for telling lies so yeah. that's a difficult situation i mean i think everyone should be released immediately unless they were obviously involved in something very 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 violent, even vandalism. You don't go to jail for that. Ask the people who rioted in the summer of 2020, right? Yeah. That's pe mostly peaceful protests. You so can, yeah, some they, of them get paid. To you do get paid it. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so they should be released. But nevertheless, Dr. Paul, the cult goes deep. Just like people continue to wear masks about COVID, the cult is deep. And here's the reaction on the other side before we move on to our next story. And this, yeah, I put that up. This is. Uh, N NBC News via Yahoo News. Here's how they uh, here's how they play it. Tucker Carlson, with video provided by Speaker McCarthy, falsely depicts January 6th riot as peaceful gathering. Well, the video speaks for itself. NBC, and here's their ugly stepsister, MSNBC. Here's what they say: Tucker Carlson pushes the bogus January 6th story 
he wanted to tell. Well, we did see the video finally, even though you didn't want us to see it, Steve Bonin and all you people, we saw it and it does not support your narrative that it was an insurrection. And I'm sad to say, Dr. Paul, on a personal note, the only time we've ever lost a um, member of our board was over this. And I won't say the name. I've had deep respect for the person, but right after January 6th, I wrote an update to our uh, subscribers saying, this does not look like an insurrection to me. And this individual says, I never want to have anything to do with you again. Uh, and that, that's painful to me to, <coughs> to hear this person say that, but hopefully he will have seen this and, and, and change his views, but we'll see what happens. So, can we all go on to Southern Poverty Law Center? Yeah, fighting for freedom and oh, liberty, yeah. and yeah. Attorney, uh, an attorney. We, we know all about Southern Poverty Law Center, and they're not on our side of the philosophic issues. They're not <laughs> on our side of liberty, but they, they're usually a little more cautious. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they're nonviolent people, you know. But they got caught participating in this. <laughs> but you know what? If, if, if the reports I saw is the people, I, well, it was 21 people or something that was involved, and, uh, and they, they weren't from the town where it was happening. They came from around the world, yeah. you know, bring them together, and they got into trouble, and they got arrested. And, uh, and this is one time it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, is this a breakthrough, or was it so obvious they couldn't pass it out? Now, you and I have talked a little bit about, uh, and I think our viewers might recognize, uh, that we have not been bashful in using information if we believe it's decent information. Yeah. So uh, Politico hasn't been doing too badly, yeah. you know. So if they're doing it, we'll at least offer that up. But they have reported on this, and they're they're uh, they're they're suggesting that uh, there's some Mickey Mouse goings around here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, the SPLC is the champions of cancel culture. You know, they are. Yeah unbelievably well-funded organizations, millions and millions and millions of dollars they have in their war chest. And what they do is they target people they don't like for political reasons. And they tend to be libertarians or conservatives. And then they say, well, these people are potential domestic terrorists. These are domestic extremists. And what do they do once they've made that determination? Then they go to their funding sources. They'll go to PayPal. They'll go to however you try to survive and try to get you canceled, impoverished, put on the streets. That's their modus operandi. Well, it turns out that they're not as clean as the driven snow. <laughs> and let's put this one, this is from the Daily Caller. This is SPLC attorney charged with domestic terrorism for rioting against Atlanta police facility. Um, and here's his uh, mugshot. He is an attorney with SPLC. Tom Jurgens, again, accused, not convicted. We must make that point. But it turns out he fell in with a bad crowd. He was tired of being an attorney, Dr. Paul, sitting behind a desk, and everyone else was having the fun throwing Molotov cocktails. So I'll put this next one up. Here is allegedly, allegedly what he did. Atlanta police say riders were dressed in black clothing and threw Molotov cocktails, large rocks, bricks, and fireworks at police officers, destroying multiple pieces of construction equipment. Officers deployed non-lethal methods, methods to quell the riot and arrested more than 30 individuals multiple people have been charged with domestic terrorism since december for violently protesting a 90 million dollar police training site so they don't want this police training site built fair enough if you don't want it you should protest against it however you should not be throwing molotov cocktails lest you be even in the era of biden considered <laughs> a domestic terrorist 
you mentioned the fact that they have money. Lots. And uh, th th this statement says they have uh, over $700 million, $731 million. That's a pretty good. <laughs> you could talk in a couple of zeros off that and we'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, the big, big question is, is uh, I wonder who, who put the money in there. Mm. When I was reading and doing my notes, I thought, could it be Soros? Yeah. Or could it be Gates? Yeah. <laughs> could be. Yeah, could but be. That doesn't mean we know that. But uh, some, sometimes... Uh, I, I don't know whether this, these numbers are available. Sometimes they make uh, all conservatives group uh, uh, toe the line, and if they don't obey, they overtax them. The, you know, they targeted, they targeted uh, libertarian and conservative groups uh, yeah. with the IRS, but uh, I've never heard of them doing that to, uh, uh, to this group. So uh, this, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mess, but I think it's good that this is out. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I wonder if uh, there will be any significant punishment. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, this is personal for me because when I saw this, I sent it over to you saying we should at least mention this because when we first launched the Institute almost 10 years ago, 10 years ago next month, they tried to strangle us in our crib. And let's put this next one on. We had just opened the Institute when the SPLC came out with their hate watch segment. They were watching the hate. Ron Paul's new organization reportedly stacked with extremists. Stacked. Not even a smattering or a sprinkling, Dr. Paul. We were stacked with extremists. So they can dish it out, obviously, but they can't take we it. We had a big job getting rid of all those extremists. Yes, <laughs> it was rough. Uh, so sad. It huh? was rough. Well, let's move on to a couple of things in Congress, a couple of foreign policy items to mention. And this next one is important because Matt Gates put up a war powers resolution and you know used to do this with Dennis Kucinich a lot even though we're not fans of the war powers act for a lot of constitutional reasons nevertheless it was one of the tools that you would use to try to force a vote on some of these wars the Iraq war and etc so Gates and company introduced H con res 21 there should be a vote tomorrow it would order President Biden to withdraw all US troops from Syria so it's a good well, idea. What about the fact that uh, it's the uh, president that's in charge with foreign policy? <laughs> but you know, somebody told me that once, so I immediately went and reread the Constitution. <laughs> I, I couldn't even find a word foreign policy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but there is an indication that the president can have diplomats. But as I said during the campaign, we have a couple thousand yeah. of, of diplomats. It, why don't we use them once in a while? Yeah. And uh, but of course that's not not the case. But this this. This is good. This is a this is a follow up for you know from our rally and and the concern and the numbers look favorable in people moving in our direction. Uh, I was listening to a talk show on the way in today, and they say it was back to the argument. This is a lot of money that we're pumping into Ukraine, and, and it was a sort of not a um, uh, conservative station. It was more a liberal station, but but he was using logic. He says, "Don't you think it would be better if we spent that money at home?" Yeah. Of course, that's our goal too but we'd like to just return it to the people and let them spend it at home or whatever they want to do yeah well you know um first of all what gates so so when we were gonna we talked about this maybe we didn't mention it yesterday but but millie mike millie the uh, mark millie the uh chairman of the joint chiefs of staff he made a surprise visit to syria over the weekend unannounced of course he wasn't there legally he basically was an illegal alien <laughs> he snuck in uh, to Syria because we occupy a third of the country illegally the part with the oil the part with the agriculture we occupy that and steal their oil so he made a surprise trip to Syria 
over the weekend, and Matt Gates, to his credit, and he's not perfect, he had a great quote on it. He said, if General Milley wants this war so bad, he should explain what we are fighting for and why it's worth American treasure and blood. An America first foreign policy demands realism, rational thought, and seriousness. He went on to say, Syria is a quagmire of a tinderbox. America has no discernible interest in continuing to fund a fight where alliances shift, fast, shift faster than the desert sands. A little dramatic, but he makes a point. What are we doing over there? And why don't we get the heck out after, what is it, seven or eight years of occupying <laughs> a big chunk of their country? You know, in, in July, they did have a vote uh, by the House. It was on, on the Amendment for National Defense Authorization. And this was to... Uh, uh, strike all the funds for U.S. presence in Syria within one year, and uh, if he did, if if he didn't get the authorization for the war, the amendment failed. But it received. Now, this is what I want to mention. But it did receive support from about 60 percent of House Democrats. Wow. You mean that the progressive anti-war group of people may still be alive? That's great. You know? That's great. Okay, news. 60%, according to the House clerk, 130 Democrats voted in favor, while only 25 Republicans supported the amendment. 25 is pretty lousy, but yeah. pretty good, rather than there were times when three or four of us yeah. would vote that or way. Or one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it's not just a pop-up right now. Yeah. And, uh, and and now this, that was last July. Now they're having this other vote. And uh, uh, it's it's good that it's there. And, and, and I'm impressed with uh, some of the people that are leading the charge on yeah. this. Maybe for various reasons, but it's still, they come down on the right part. Get out of there quit sending the money, and if you have to, trade it off, spend it at home, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's it. Well, obviously, as a C3, we're not allowed to lobby very much. We can only do very, very little lobbying on, on legislation, but we certainly would recommend that you call your congressperson and let them know how you feel. If you're in a Democrat district and your Democrat voted the right way last time, remember, that's when Pelosi was in charge, they may shift their vote for political reasons, so it's a very good time to say, I liked your vote last time, I hope you'll stick with us, so be polite make your calls. But I just wanted to mention one other thing about this, Dr. Paul, because as I said, we, we occupy a third of Syria. We are where all the oil is. There was one estimate as of last July that $106 billion in revenue was denied the Syrian government because we keep trucking the oil back to Iraq. And I think back on Secretary of State Blinken just a few weeks ago in the UN General Assembly giving a fiery speech about how dare Russia violate the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. You just don't do that in today's day and age. And here we have, we've done the same thing for years and years and years. Right. Okay. So the last one we want to talk about is another potentially bit of good news. And this is the Siri or the Cuba trade embargo. We haven't talked about it in a while. We can put that next one up. And Dr. Paul, it's pretty good. Uh, one more next if we can. There we go. A new bill on, uh, on Cuba trade. Pretty good, pretty good news. You know, the whole idea of an embargo, and I've talked about this for a long time, as you have, because uh, there, there is a sound belief uh, that the founders endorse that uh, if you trade with people and you mingle with people, uh, self, uh, you know, interest is that you want to get along with those people. And the saying goes that you're less likely to have a hot war with people. And yet, what have we done with Cuba? What is it, 60-some years that we've been doing that? And, uh, and I thought, 
the immediate thing because right now uh, everything is well, how's the best way for us to work in uh, bashing China and uh, if China has a lot of problems we have a lot of problems we should deal with our problems but we don't need to you know scheme but inadvertently what they're doing here with the embargo is uh, why if, if the Cubans uh, you know have an element of communists in there and we won't even trade with them 90 miles off should benefit the people that the Cuban people I think really you, you know uh, want to trade yeah. I remember people coming and when we got to talk to them it was interesting to see their relatives yeah. and things like that and uh, if with the embargo and sanctions why wouldn't they go to China? Yeah. Why wouldn't China just line up and say, hey, we can help you yeah. out. <laughs> this is nonviolent. Let's do some business. <laughs> yeah. They say, well, where did you get all that money? Oh, well, those American people, they like our stuff. <laughs> and they've sent us a lot of money and we sent them a lot of our stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had an interesting comment before the show that you were, you were really pleasantly surprised about the pragmatic approach of someone like a Jerry Moran, a very conservative representative from Kansas. Yeah, Jerry came in, he's a very nice person. Uh, he does not come down hardcore libertarian. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's people might complain about him from that viewpoint, but I always uh, got along with him well. And, uh, and his argument was, in a way, similar to what I was talking about in Cuba. He, he represents farmers, yeah. and farmers, uh, you know, are having problems. And they always have problems, and they have their ups and downs. And they, he would really like to see, you know, that market opened up. So it might not be quite as crystal clear as we would like to have free trade. And let, I like to think the consumer should be in charge of trade. Yeah. It's your money if you earned it. If, uh, if you're not committing a crime, spend it wherever you want and uh, and that will sort things out it'll cost if you are spending too much money someplace else that means that the American businessman uh, you know needs to straighten up and pro provide the product at the right price and they say oh the prices are bad oh we can't compete so you, they go to our government and they get a subsidy yeah. to try to compete with them but anyway uh, I thought Jerry had a good argument there it was a practical argument and uh, it works into the belief that uh, free trade is better than embargoes absolutely well I'm gonna close out with a little announcement if you can put that last clip on um, anyone who's watching the show around the Houston area, if you're interested tonight, if you put that last clip on, there we go. Um, tonight, one night only, there's going to be a screening of a very special film called Ithaca. And it is a documentary on the fight to free Julian Assange, starring his father. It's going to be tonight at 7 p.m. Rice Cinema on Rice University campus. Uh, on, and I'll put a link on the bottom to how to get tickets and get there. But if you're in the area... Uh, Julian's brother Gabriel Shipton is going to be there and I will be there and I'll give a little talk or a little Q&A with Gabriel. I'm looking forward to meeting him in person. He tells us he watches the show Dr. Paul so he's got to be a pretty good guy. Um, so it's a great film uh, and it's a great cause and so if you can get out there in Houston tonight we'd love to see you at 7 o'clock on Rice. Again I will put a link in our description if you want to go ahead and look into it more. Very good. And I want to finish up by a short quote from Jerry Moran that I just uh, talked about. And uh, he's talking about, you know, trade, uh, especially farm trade with Cuba. And this is his quote. The unilateral trade embargo on, on, on Cuba 
blocks our own farmers, ranchers, and manufacturers from selling into a market only 90 miles from our shoreline, while the foreign competitors benefit at our expense. That's the whole thing of unintended consequences from, from all that we do. And uh, when it hits home, people do wake up. But what we would like to do is emphasize the bringing together in the big picture. So if it's good to relieve tariffs and sanctions on Cuba for precise benefit, we have to think, get people to think about sanctions on, on China and Russia and everybody else. If we're not in a declared war, why don't we work in that direction? Because uh, it's helpful to both sides. It isn't just helping one side versus the other. Daniel? I just want to say one thing. I'm sorry, Dr. Paul, to interrupt you. I just also want, before we go, to remind our viewers about our sponsor, fourpatriots.com. We got so caught up in January 6th, <laughs> we had our own insurrection here in the studio. But don't forget to go to fourpatriots.com. We talked about China and hoarding food. They're a great company. They'll give you a discount. Put in Ron, get 10% off of your first purchase. This is survival food. It's healthy food. Fourpatriots.com, our sponsor for this month. Go there and get your discount. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dr. Paul, but I got, I got ahead of myself. Very good. And time is up. Yeah. We're ready to go. And I'm ready to close out. But I do want to thank our viewers for tuning in. Things are going well with us, and we're very pleased and very proud of our supporters. Please return to the Liberty Report soon.